everyone. Welcome to the Mind of Music Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Clink, and today, guys, we're going to be talking about my own arsenal of guitars and music equipment. So, everyone has their own arsenal, so to speak, and any kind of different things. I'm just going to tell you guys what I have, why I picked it, and the kind of things that make it stick out to me. Now, I always pick out things that kind of are unique and kind of an odd thing. I don't really go, oh, let's go buy a Ibanez or something like that. I'm always like, ooh, let's go find something kind of weird, something that is like, not everyone has, but it's going to be like really decent. But there is a lot of things like that out there for you guys, and you need to start your own collection if you really want to, you know, go off like that. I mean, you, you don't want to just go off me. I'm just going to tell you guys what I have and what I, the sound that I like and stuff. But you always want to create your own sound. You don't want to be just like exactly like someone else. You want to create your own sound. So we'll start off with my guitars. Uh, I have a few guitars. I got my first guitar, which is a little Fender Acoustic. But we're not here for the little Fender Acoustic. That was my first guitar. We're here to talk about what I use right now as being a more advanced musician. Um, but we'll start with Acoustic. I have a... Uh, I have a seagull acoustic. Uh, I can't remember what type of seagull, or I would like specifically tell you guys, but it is like a uh, all-natural uh, seagull. I've had it for about two years now, or something like that, and uh, it's starting to age on the top, so it's becoming like this golden kind of, uh, you know, kind of look to it. I'm sorry about the background stuff, guys. That's some other people. I apologize, but so. Uh, yeah, so that is like, you know, that's like the acoustic, it's got electric, it's got a, it is an electric, it's a hat, you know, electric and acoustic, and, uh, there is, I think it's Fishman stuff in it, I think it has Fish, yeah, Fishman Electronics, uh, and Seagull is also made by, um, what's their, uh, I can't remember their name, no, this is so bad, I can't remember their stuff. Uh, there's another. It's like a big company that makes Seagull. It's just a whole other thing. They're all built in Canada, and um, the other company that builds all of them is actually really like. They make very good stuff, and that's when they branched off to make Seagull acoustic guitars. And I mean, I found the right one and I bought it. It's definitely a very springy, high-pitched kind of acoustic, but uh, the electronics in it with the Fishman electronics is just a beautiful guitar and I, I would never go back honestly I keep talking about stepping up getting like a tailor but I don't know if I can ever get rid of that guitar it would have to be like I would buy another tailor I would never sell the one I have because it's the first acoustic that started everything yes I do have my little acoustic but that was just like whoa I'm nine years I think it was like ten I'm ten years old let's what sounds cool this year uh a little acoustic guitar let's do that and I thought that was cool but that acoustic is what started everything acoustic, like real acoustic for me. So, uh, I have those two acoustics, and uh, my dad has another Seagull. He's a, his acoustic is very nice, but I like mine more. <laughs> but it's all about, excuse me, hang on. It's all about what you like. Again, you want to create your own sound, not just go with someone else. But I will say that for the money... Uh, Seagull is definitely something you guys would want to check out. There's a whole bunch of people buying them. They're a great acoustic guitar, but it's it's all your choice. 
Uh, but another one I was looking to step up to was actually another Gibson, but those are very expensive. And for the ones that I want, I just can't find it. So it's between Taylor and Martin because some Martins really do stick out to me. And I, I just have to find the right one, honestly. But so my electric guitars, I have... I have a few electric guitars also. Um, we'll just name them up in order from how many electric guitars I had. I had a little bit, of this little tiny, like, I think it's called a Rev or PV or something. I think it's a, it said like Rev. It's because I got rid of it a long time ago. It was like a little starter guitar, electric. And I would play through a PA system because I never really had a, a little tiny amp to play through. So I would just play through a PA system and see, and that's what I would do. And then that's when I started to be like, yeah, this really isn't my thing back then. So I kind of just gave it back, sold it to them for like, I think it was like 40 bucks or something. But my dad at the time had this, a 51 Squire, which was like one of the ones that you get out of like, literally like a box combo with an amp and that and, and the guitar. But they were known as like really good guitars. And actually when you first can buy them, we bought ours for like 70 bucks and now they're worth like $300. <laughs> so they're really actually a really good guitar in other people's eyes. So I traded in that PV and I bought the uh, uh, little uh, Orange Crush 20. And that was my starter stuff. Like that's what I used. I used a little Orange Crush 20, uh, which is like the little miniature circuit watt, not like a tube watt, definitely not, because those were expensive. <laughs> And I was rocking those, and that's what I would use, a 51 Squire with one single coil, one humbucker, and that's, I would rock that. I was rocking that for about a year, and finally Christmas came around, and it was time. I knew it was time to actually get something nice, and I set my eyes on a lot of things that, actually, a lot of stuff. There's a lot of things I really wanted. I looked at a lot of actual Fender Strats, and... Tellies, because I loved Tellies back then, too. I still love Tellies, and I love Strats also. It's it's a 50-50 toss-up for me, but I, I kind of... I'm a little bit more loyal to a Strat, but I like the sound that comes out of a Telly. I like the feel of a Strat, like the sound of a Telly, and you can't really get that, too, except for the new ones that are like $4,000 that just came out 2020, the those uh, weird combo ones with the Strat and Telly style body. It's it's weird, but you have to check them out. And my dad, at the time, was really into PRS. PRS uh, are great guitars. They high quality built. Uh, very nice. I love this. I love their stuff. So I started looking and I found um, my dad's favorite was this uh, Topus, I think is how you say it, or something like that. Green. And it's like a weird misty emerald kind of color had uh clear clear knobs on it for your volume knobs had that amazing green and uh, and it had the all natural back which was uh i think it's alder if i'm correct um and it had it, it was beautiful i loved it it, it was nice but because my hands were just a tiny bit smaller back in i couldn't really get I just felt like that neck was so thick, because that's how they build them. Now I'm like, these are my, I love the 24s and the 22s. By the way, it was a, it was a PRS 20, 24 fret. 
But I love the feel of them now. But back then, like I said, my hands were a little bit smaller, so I wasn't really able to get a grip around it. And that's when I found the Santana. The Santana was amazing. We really were going to get the... Uh, the standard edition, but the, our local guitar shop had the yellow one, which was the SE, and it, it blew my socks off. It definitely has a weirder body shape, so it kind of slides off, but you get used to it really fast to the point where, like, you just, um, you know, you just kind of, it kind of, kind of fits you really nice. So, I played it, I never actually really even realized it when I first played it, that kind of weird body shape. I just love the feel of the neck. It was cut down a little bit on the side so you can really get a nice grip on it to start playing. It had really thick flame maple top, really thick, like literally like an inch thick flame maple top on top of it. And I still have the guitar. It's my number one guitar in my collection. And uh, I loved it. I played it through a, I think it was a Bass Breaker 15. And I couldn't, I couldn't do it. It was such a nice, hot, but soothing kind of a pickup. And I, it, it was something that I needed. <laughs> I didn't even want it. I needed that. So, Christmas came around. My mom and dad always tried to trick me because there was also a rifle. I wanted to get a, like a bolt action hunting rifle, which I, I used to do like every year was a, was like some type of gun. But, so, it came around and they took our old TV box and they slid it in the TV box and they gave it to me. It was because I was also asking for a TV. It was like I had a few things on the list as my big thing as they pick. <clears throat> but I, that that PRS is the is what started everything for me. It is what made me even more interested into the guitar and anything of that genre. It was just, I could just, it was just the feel of it, the look of it, everything is what it made me go. It was just my favorite. <laughs> and then I still kept the old 51. I'll tell you what I did do it later because it actually wasn't too long ago. I actually did it about two weeks ago and I did something really cool to it. But... So, and I also have my uncle's, like, old Les Paul. It's not even an Epiphone or a Gibson. It's just a knockoff thing. So I'm not really worried about that. It's more of a memory as it is, you know, something to play. But, and then um, this Christmas, uh, I got tricked really hard. But I didn't really get tricked because at the end I did guess it right. So... <laughs> Some guy is a collector, and he came into the shop and wanted to trade in a Ernie Ball, uh, Albert Lee with Green Sparkle. It was like one of the limited editions from 2015, something like that. Yeah, 2014 or 15, I think. I think it was 15, though. <laughs> never been out of the box, no scratches. Still had the plastic on the pick guard because he never played it. It was just a, he was just a straight up collector. And um, I really wanted it. Uh, the next time we went in, it was gone. Little did I know that my mom and dad put it on layaway. Uh, and I didn't even know. I thought it was actually gone. I was so sad. I will be honest. 
it was just that was the guitar for me. I knew it was, and it was gone in my mind. But really, it actually wasn't. They put it on layaway. So I went through a lot of other guitars uh, because I actually did think that they were. It was kind of gone. I went through like a bunch of ESP guitars because I love ESP. They make high quality stuff. I went. I really wanted the Kirk Hammett. Um, what was it? The uh, White Zombie guitar. I uh, went through a lot of Fenders again. A lot of uh, like actual American professional Fenders. Um, I went through a lot of. Uh, there were so many I looked at. I was like really excited. Oh, I went through PRS. I wanted to. I wanted to get the new 35th anniversary. That was the biggest one, but it was still on pre-order even after Christmas. It's now out. Like now you can buy it, but I wasn't able to at the time. It was just more of like you just had to. I had to wait really, and it didn't come out. But it did end up that I. I did get the Ernie Ball, and I they kind of left it in their closet. So on the day of Christmas, so I opened up everything, and then they were just like. Oh, hang on, there's something else in the room. And they went out into their closet and grabbed it. And it was pretty cool. But I have that Ernie Ball. And there is a, uh, I'm trying to think. So it's pretty much actually all the guitars now. Think about it. Yeah, that is. I have a ukulele. I bought that a long time ago. It's nothing. It's like a Cordoba, $100 ukulele. I just thought, I'm trying to learn as many instruments as I can, really, so... But, I mean, you know, I just kind of do it. But, so, a, um, the amps. So, I told you about the Crush 20. I did get that. I traded that in from a PV. I took, like, the 40 bucks put towards it, and my dad helped me get the rest of it to actually get the rest of that orange Crush 20. And I, and I love it. it. It was a great amp. It definitely, it had the sound. It sounded beautiful. I loved it. But, you know, as I went on and as I went to the point where I knew I was advancing and my dad seen that I was working hard and he knew that this was the actual thing and I knew it was the actual thing, I went ahead and I thought it was time to actually step up uh, in the middle. I didn't step up fully, which is what you should do, don't, because you don't really want to, you're just spending more money as you go, but... We weren't too really educated then, so it was kind of like we just got one that was like, you know, for the money, it was really good. And I swear, <laughs> so I just went ahead and I wanted to step up in the middle. So we went ahead, Trey, no, we actually didn't sell that. We actually went in. And it was just kind of like one of those rare occasions where you just walk in and you buy something. I saved up about 200 bucks from either my birthday. I think it was my birthday. And we walked in and I went for a Mustang 200. Must, a GT Mustang uh, 200. And, and that's what I bought. Didn't sell the Crush yet. I still had the Crush. And... That's kind of when I started rocking. I started rocking the GT. It wasn't the best sound in the world, but 
it was still a really nice hand that had so many settings on it and cool things that you could do with it. But it took me about a year and I grew out of it very fast. It was just to the point where I was like, well, this this is cool that you can do all this to it. But this isn't like an actual setup. This isn't like a, oh, here, we're going <clears> to, <throat> here's a tube amp that sounds, it's, it's not like that. It was just, it was just digital again still. So, I went ahead and I sold the, the Crush 20. Made a little bit of money. And then I went ahead and started working and saving a bunch of money. So, and I sold the uh, Mustang. I had about 800 bucks, but it's kind of more of like a little different. We were going for like a, like a PRS Arizona or like a base breaker 15, but I didn't want those. Uh, the guy in there showed us a Mesa Boogie single rectifier, and I didn't know, really know what Mesa was at the time. I thought they were just like, oh, it's just a random freaking one of those garbage ones that no one knows the name of it until he played it. And I, usually I'm the guy to be like, wow, I don't know them. Looks like some cheap piece of garbage. I don't want that. But it was the first thing ever that he played it, and it was like, I was straight blown away as soon as he started playing that thing. And I was like, I want that. I said that was my exact words. Is I was like, I want that. And this is the first thing that ever actually drew, like, drove me to save up a bunch of money just to buy it. So I went ahead... Immediately got on the grind, started working. Started working for my grandma, cutting wood for her, washing. I did a bunch of power washing stuff. I painted all of her, her whole porch. I did like a whole, I painted the whole thing. I went ahead and, like I said, cut him a bunch of firewood. And I did a bunch of other stuff. And then we were waiting on the Mustang to sell. And we sold it for about like 300 bucks if I'm correct. <laughs> Which is fine for me, 300 bucks, because I had, I had a good bit saved up. After I sold the Mustang, I had like 700 bucks. The single rectifier was like a grand. So my dad, yes, he did help. My dad's a goat. He straight up helped me. You gotta, I mean, he's awesome. So he did help me, put some money in there for me, and we walked home with it. That was my. I love it, and uh, such a heavy amp. It was a great amp for what I needed, and that's where that's where I started uh, collecting my pedals. I'm gonna tell you about those here in a second. But uh, so after a good while goes by, uh, I knew it was time to get something smaller, something that I can just carry around. And we looked at a lot of bass breakers, but it was definitely not my favorite I wouldn't say so my favorite was actually Blues Jr. I like the way it sounded the clean was better and I always knew that a pedal some type of pedal could be driving that so I was cool with it so definitely was going for the uh, Blues Jr. Uh, they had a new one in there and then they had a used one and I always like to go used because there's nothing wrong with you find the right one that's clean 
been kind of broken in still though, not just brand new. I think it's always better to do that. So, I, I, I wanted to kind of go with the used in the first place. And uh, new was like 600 bucks and the used one was like 400 bucks, I think. Something like that, yeah. So, uh, again, I started saving up. I started waiting. I uh, waited for Christmas to come around. I had a bunch of money from Christmas. And... Not a bunch, but I, I had a good chunk for Christmas. And I started uh, doing some other stuff and selling some things, work, moving some stuff around. And that's when I ended up buying it. I mean, I ended up getting the 400 bucks I needed to actually buy that. The base breaker was cool, guys. I love the base breaker. It's just... One, it was kind of acting a little funky. Like, it did this really loud buzzing that I didn't like, so I kind of tried to stay away from it. So that's when I was kind of like, well, this is cool, but this is versatile, but why not get the clean sound that is the top number one best clean sound in the whole world and go ahead and uh, go ahead and rock like a distortion pedal into it. So I I'm got my Blues Junior, which is the newest one, which is the Four, if I'm right, I'm not percent sure. I think it's the four, and that's what started going with. That's what started rocking, and then that's where the pedals started collecting. But before I go, uh, I also got a mini katana, also the seven watt mini fly katana. But the, that's just something small I wanted to tell you guys about. So from there, like I said. As soon as I got the mess up, it was time to start collecting pedals. Now, it wasn't like every day we went in there, we got a pedal. It was just like every now and then, oh, let's try a pedal out. It'd be kind of cool to get one. It's, it's a whole, it's like a whole new addiction, but it wasn't like a, a over-the-top addiction. Like, I still, you know what I mean. So, my first ever pedal was a, it was a uh, Swollen Pickle, which is a fuzz pedal. Um, really nice fuzz pedal. We went to Guitar Center and they gave us some other ones. They're like, oh, it's a really powerful fuzz pedal. This weird one. And it was to the point where it would start just like, oh, it was so bad. It like screamed. It was disgusting. And he starts dialing in and it was just terrible. Absolutely terrible. And I, he was trying to like sell us on it and honestly it was like, the most garbage, it was the biggest piece of garbage in the whole world. It was, it was trash. So, that's when my dad learned about that swollen pickle. And Micarelli's, which is our local guitar shop, had one. So we went ahead and went there to try it. I tried a Russian pickle, the swollen pickle. And I feel like there's another one, but I can't remember it. But I think it was only those two. Oh, I had some... Oh, I had some earth random earthquake pedals. I was seeing what in the world they do. But the Russian pickle was amazing. The swollen pickle was cool. and But the swollen pickle had more settings to mess with it. So, I went with the swollen pickle. And that was my first pedal I ever bought. Excuse me, guys. So then I went ahead and... 
and we went to another local guitar shop out in, uh, in a, it, we have like two sides to like two different towns. I'm not going to say the towns because I ain't like that, but, so, we went on the other side to go to the other place, and there we found they had a few boss pedals. They they were kind of low on stock. They didn't really have too much. They worked more with uh, like schools and band equipment more than they do anything else. So that's what I started rocking. Uh, is uh, some one boss pedal really. It was uh, I bought a loop pedal because uh, the Mustang had the loop and I loved the loop. That wasn't the big thing. Uh, the loop was awesome in that thing, but I needed to have that because I loved to, you know, loop my own stuff and mess and play with it. It was, it was and plus it was very big for learning at the same time. It was, it was just a, a great thing to do. So that was like the one of the that was the second pedal I got because it was just something I definitely needed for um the purpose of practicing and being able to get better at the guitar. So I went ahead and I was rocking that for a good while. I'll be honest, I love electric harmonics. Honestly, I was thinking about going with the Big Muff whenever I was going to uh, go ahead and go with a fuzz pedal. I even I, I looked at the Big Muff. It was a great pedal. But I wanted a compression pedal for the country and playing different types of music, so I went with a electric harmonics uh, you know, compression pedal. And I also got a MXR delay pedal, but it was a limited edition, so it's got the, it's it's like all black and it has a bunch of like weird graffiti kind of weird stuff on it, and it's it's my favorite out of everything just by the looks of it. And that was like the best pedal of of then because because there's so much you can do that had even had a chorus part on it, so you can make your you can make your um, delays have like a chorus sound to it. And it, it was just a great pedal. And even the Tone Corset, it was just, a, it was a great compression pedal. Especially it fit the, with the Albert Lee Perfect, and I could play beautiful country on it. And then there was, uh, there was, oh, after a little while, I got two other pedals. I got an MXR Super Badass uh, Distortion Pedal, which is just the gray one. Uh, that one was their normal, you know, badass distortion pedal, and it was my favorite. Uh, the, I say the other ones weren't that good, and I'll be honest, they really weren't compared to that one. And it has the greatest, I swear, the greatest, um, distortion I've ever heard come out of a pedal. Even when I loop it, it just sounds beautiful going through there. And literally just two days ago, I bought a, uh, I bought a super badass overdrive, which is the gold overdrive pedal by MXR to help drive that even more. And it, it, that's the best setup I have right now, honestly. So I run the MXR, both the super badasses, and I get, here's like, here's the layout I go. MXR, MXR into the, into the badass distortion, badass distortion into the badass overdrive and then that into the boss loop and then that goes into my uh 
what is that? The Blues Junior. And it, it, it the Blues Junior is nice because it takes a nice because it takes the pedals really well, and it just because it's clean you can just straight up. It just really helps. It just, you just get the pure sound of the pedals coming out of there. So, uh, that's all for pedals. I don't really have anything too much else, really. That's pretty much everything I have for all my music equipment, so to speak. Um, I can tell you guys what, I mean, strings I run. I run a, I run a, on my acoustic, I run elixirs. I like to run uh, either nines or tens. I like nines more because it's more of like an electric guitar string on there. And you can do bends like really easy on there. So I like to run nines. And on my electrics, I also run nines. And I just broke my string on my Ernie Ball literally yesterday. And I bought eights because I really want to try those because I see uh, people like Jared Dines and people like that using them. So... I'm going to run eights on my uh, Ernie Ball, and this one time, if I don't like them, then I'm going to keep running nines. Usually I run nines, but on my uh, Santana, I actually run elixirs on the Santana, but I'm going to run some Ernie Ball slinkies on the Santana next time they break, mostly because they're $7 a pack, and elixirs are $20 a pack, so if I'm going to like the feel on of the elixirs on uh, Santana, but I'm going to try the Ernie Balls to try to cut back a lot more money. Because honestly, one pack of elixir strings gets me close to buying a whole box of Ernie Ball strings. Because you could buy them, well, maybe not. How much are a box of Ernie Ball strings? They they were on sale at Guitar Center one day at like for like 25 bucks. So it gets me really close, I'll be honest with you. And... So I'm going to try to start running Ernie Balls and stuff on all my guitars. And I usually run the nines, the pink. And then uh, I'm going to try the blue on this one just to see what it's like. And that's pretty much really it, guys. I don't really have too much to say. Oh, the 51. What do I run on the 51? I bought an Invader, a uh, Seymour Duncan Invader to go on the uh, 51. And I also bought a Hot Rails, Seymour uh, Duncan Hot Rail for the... I bought those two for both of the 51, and first time I ever soldering, so we had a hard time with it until the second one, it was a lot easier, because we actually were doing, we had better solder, we were using like plumber solder, because we didn't have any other solder, which is just a thicker type of solder, it's the same thing, just thicker, but we did better once we had a little bit better solder. And the second one was a lot easier. We did the Invader first, and then we did the uh, Hot Rails. You know, be honest, the Invader is such a high output to the point where, like, it's insane. It sounds good clean, and when you get it too heavy, it depends. You can't get it too heavy, because if you get it too heavy, then you just, it does not sound good at all. So you want to try to keep it on the low part of the spectrum, on the gain. But it still runs pretty good. I like it. And that's pretty much it. I don't really have anything else that's, you know, too much. Oh, there is a one pedal I am missing. I'm making sure I'm going back over this. I'm sorry about this. I have a uh, Kirk Hammett Crybaby Wall. I forgot to tell you, because that was actually, that one was actually the first pedal I ever got. Now I think about it. I just did forget it, because I don't get to play it too much, because I need to get another extension cord for it. 
because I just ran out of extension cords, so I gotta buy another one. I'm gonna put that one between, because I've been using like an actual normal cord, so I'm gonna run like an extension cord between the boss and the badass overdrive, and then I need another one to go into the the boss, into the wall pedal, so I can start using it more often. But I will admit, Crybaby is my number one wall pedal in the whole world. I would never go with any other, anything different, anything. That's what I'm going to start running, is only crybabies. Even miniature walls. I love the mini walls, too. Mini crybaby walls are, excuse me, sick. I even thought about getting a tube screamer, but that had, I don't know yet. I got the overdrive already, so I'm probably pretty good for now. But that is pretty much everything I'm 100% sure about now. I, that's everything that I own. And... Uh, guys, I got the email up. Uh, it's going to be in the description below. Uh, go check out anything else. I mean, I have some other ones below. I have the uh, I have the guitars, and then I have the amps. Go check them out if you guys are looking to buy like a guitar and an amp. Um, and that's pretty much it, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed. Have a good one. And don't forget to keep shredding.